0: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, H-A-W-G sports.com. Arkansas coming off a disappointing loss to the BYU Cougars. Of course, we're going to go back and look at a lot of that game. We're going to have Danny West come on and talk to us a little bit about recruiting, give some his thoughts on the game. And Andrew Ellis is also going to chime in before we get into talking a little bit about this game Saturday night in Death Valley where they destroy the dreams of invading fans. And the chance of rain is never. It is the cathedral of college football. And worship happens here when the sun finds its home in the western sky. (music) Guys, if you've never gone and looked at that pregame introduction, they played it before night games at LSU, and it is – one of the few away venues that will give me chills from its intro- introduction. You know, usually you get some from, obviously, Arkansas. Uh, but Death Valley is a different animal, man. It's, uh, it's a wild place to be. I'll be there Saturday. Uh, Arkansas, obviously, on the bet Saracen app last I looked, they're 18.5-point underdogs in this one. This is a game that's been decided by three points you know, the last three years. LSU is 2-1 and one in those years, obviously. Last year was 13-10, Arkansas didn't have K.J. Jefferson. We're going to talk about all that, obviously, and and some more. Before we get to that, I want to remind everybody there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live. If you haven't followed the page, go ahead and do so. Take a moment and also subscribe to the page on YouTube. Hit the notifications bell so you're alerted anytime we upload new videos. Most of the people that watch the videos aren't subscribed, uh, but uh, please take a moment to do so. If you haven't left us a five star review on Apple Podcasts, we'd certainly love to have that from you as well. Also available on Spotify. Stitcher, well, no Stitcher anymore, Google Podcasts, anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. So I did get out of Donald W. Reynolds' Razorback Stadium. I know other media people had to find, you know, call people and and get them to let out. I thought about recording myself, you know, like – because I literally had to scale a fence to get out of there. But uh, I thought about recording myself doing that, but I opted not to in case I, you know, busted my ass, and then that's everywhere for everyone to see, so – uh, didn't do that, didn't bust my ass, but uh, did have to climb, climb over a fence. Saw a lot of funny replies to that. I think the funniest one was the hashtag biddy As if I'd been locked in there. So where do we want to start off? Let's, just, let's get a, a couple of, of housekeeping things. Arkansas versus Texas A&M kickoff time announced, 11 o'clock in Arlington. Seems like it's always 11 o'clock, planning on being at that one, too. But when you lose a game against BYU at home, that's what you get. You get 11 o'clock kickoffs. And, guys, it's a rough-looking schedule coming up here. I mean, you get a great opportunity with a night game. I've I've talked about how phenomenal the weather was. It was the eighth-largest crowd in Razorback Stadium history. It's probably the third-largest crowd, actually, because they used to estimate crowds. So, like, the largest attendance is over 76,000 back when it was a 72,000-seat stadium. So, really, it's the third largest. I would say the Texas game was the largest, and then um, then Cincinnati last year was the second largest, and then this one. Uh, so, just uh, upsetting to lose a game like that when you've got the stretch of games they've got coming up, going to Death Valley, probably the most intimidating environment in college football. Arkansas has won there before at night. I've been there when they've won. Uh, then you go to Texas A&M and Arlington, a team that's just had your number since they joined the SEC back in 2012, and then it's off to Oxford, Ole Miss, and uh, wrap things up with Alabama, as I said the other day, just in time for them to probably figure out their situation at quarterback. Doesn't shape up well. And then, you know, 33 days from now, you return home. You know, that was your last opportunity to do something big in front of home fans, and you return home 33 games or 33 days from now, and you face Mississippi State. And the Mississippi State team that's not that great. That game has 11 a.m. SEC Network written all over it, and that stinks for recruiting because, you know, you had recruits in for the BYU game, you lost in front of them, and then, you know, you're looking at probably an 11 o'clock game. I don't know. You know, it, things could happen. Things could change. And I'm like, you know, dwelling in the negativity of losing that game. They'll probably get a game, you know. I, I, they, they need to get two to make up for it because, you know, in my preseason predictions I'm thinking, you know, this could be an eight-win team. And we'll talk about it a little bit about my, some of my predictions. I'm thinking this could be an eight-win team, and um, you know, having them go one in three during that four-game stretch. Obviously, I picked them to beat BYU, like most people did. Uh, you know, even Vegas had Arkansas winning by two touchdowns in that one. The offensive line is an issue; it just is. I mean, I don't know if it's fixable right now. What needs to happen? Here's something that needs to happen: Devon Manuel A needs to get healthy. You know, a lot of the talk that we saw in the offseason, in the preseason, um, you know, was that Devon Manuel may end up being like one of their two best offensive linemen. But he's been hurt. He's been hurt with the – he had an undisclosed injury in camp. I think he rolled an ankle after that. And then he's got a stinger now. And, you know, this guy's six nine, three hundred and ten 6'9", 310 pounds. He's a redshirt sophomore. It's time for him to jump in and, and be the guy. Uh, at left tackle, but he's been hurt back to back to back. It's not long-term injuries, just back to back to back injuries. Uh, that could help them. If, well, first of all, they need him to get healthy. And second, they need him to be, you know, kind of the guy that we were hearing them talk about a lot in, in camp that, you know, this guy could be like one of their top two offensive linemen um so they need that to happen they've apparently got some hand injuries i don't know how big a factor that's been but sam Pittman seems to think it's been you know quite an issue uh, with like three guys have different hand injuries so they need to get healthy there they're going in spiders today so uh, not as intense a practice as they've had the last couple of weeks on a monday so hopefully they get some of those things healed up i don't know if that cures all of it you know with andrew Chambly, uh you know, I've seen him catch a lot of heat. Andrew Chambly, as I've said since the beginning, is about a year away. He's a redshirt freshman, left tackle in the SEC. He's about a year away, okay? I think he's got a bright future, but not quite there yet. And it kind of feels maybe like Patrick Kudis is in that boat too, maybe not quite ready to be a starting offensive tackle in the SEC just yet as just a true sophomore. So that's the situation they're in on the offensive line. It's It's upsetting because – and I'll say it again. This is the best roster that Sam Pittman has had at Arkansas. Okay, I think they've got, I think they've got a couple of wide receivers that are really good quality, and Isaac Tesla and Andrew Armstrong. And they need to get Isaiah Citania involved in the offense. I mean, this guy is absolutely explosive. We've seen it. I saw it all in practice. And you know, today Pittman kind of said that, you know, he's, he needs to be more consistent catching the ball in practice. Well, I mean, they've got guys out there that's not catching the ball consistently, That's that's been hurting them. Um, to me, this is a moment where you say, okay, we got to try somebody else here. You continue to get better, but we're going to give this guy a look. Isaiah Satania shouldn't be just getting in the game in the fourth quarter. He shouldn't. I mean, he's a guy that can take it to the house. And if his blocking is an issue, then there are other wide receivers who aren't that big that are playing a lot of football. People need to be blocking for Isaiah Satania. I, I just think that – the guy is too explosive. He could house it at any moment. You got to get him in there. So that's something that I really want to see change. But you know they have those weapons. They have Luke Has at tight end. Who's uh, it'd be nice to see Varkey's gum get going at tight end also. KJ Jefferson's back as a third year starter. Who Pippen said he's a little banged up. I don't know how much that affected him. I, it didn't. I don't think it affected him that much. Uh, get Rocket Sanders back healthy. They're going to do some stuff with him today. Is he going to be ready to go in this one? I just I, I, I've kind of feel like I would be a little bit surprised if he's ready to go or not, but we'll see what happens. And then, you know, defense, guys, like it's amazing to me. I've heard some people complain about the defense, and I thought about reading a couple of these on air from my YouTube comments, but, uh, man, they're just, they're just so dumb. I just don't know if I could bring it to the show. But, guys, I would take this effort out of the defense every single game, every game. Every game I would take that effort out of the defense. Some people don't realize the defense is going to give up plays. I mean, it just happens. The offense has the advantage in the game. For the defense to give up 281 yards, really only two drives in the whole game, and mainly you're looking at, um, you know, two great catches to continue the drives. Arkansas had 14 penalties. That's way too many. Going back and looking at it, you don't know watching the game, but going back and looking at it, there were plenty of times where I was just like, I just couldn't believe that a penalty was called in certain instances, or not called the other way around. There's a time where KJ looked like he got speared to me. Uh, that wasn't called. Uh, the third and five down at the goal line, or not the goal line, but on the, on uh, BYU's final possession when Arkansas needs the time, and Arkansas all all the defensive all the defensive linemen jump over. Well, why did they just jump over like that? Because the center goes like this. He flinched. He flinched and they called it on Arkansas. Arkansas gives up a first down on that play and they are able to take more time off the clock. I mean, that's a, a, as big a killer as anything in that moment right there. Uh, there were some other – the Antonio Greer uh, personal foul for uh, uh, for a late hit on the quarterback. I mean, he's a half step away from the guy and pulls up. and turns, He's not doing anything malicious. I mean, that was just terrible. And Greer got pulled out of that game. I'm sure he was probably punished because he didn't play again. That was his first snap. He came in for one snap, hits the quarterback, and it wasn't even roughing, and he's pulled out the rest of the game. There were some issues with officiating. I'm not saying that's why Arkansas lost the game, not at all. Uh, But there were some issues with officiating that I really disagree with some of the calls. Now, it's unfortunate the way things ended at the end with, you know, you've got Patrick Kudis having to come out of the game, and Arkansas came out of the game healthy, by the way. Uh, these are like probably cramping issues, but Kutis comes out of the game, and this is what's kind of disappointing with some of the injuries they have, especially with Devon Manuel, because they worked all fall camp uh, trying to develop depth on the offensive line, so they didn't have to make a bunch of moves. Now, originally, like the reason Amari Wiggins was brought in to be the backup center, originally uh, they didn't want to have to move Patrick Kudus to center if something happened to Bo Lemmer because you got to make two moves to replace one player. And then we come into this situation – Patrick Kudis goes down, so the solution for them is to move uh, move Andrew Chambly to right tackle, slide Brady Latham from left guard to left tackle, and then bring in a Marion Harris at left guard.
0: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call
1: 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. That's three moves for one player. And then Cuda, and then Chambly started cramping up and they brought Kudis in. Uh, and so, I mean... One of the reasons you had so many penalties there at the end, and uh, you know, it's just it was really upsetting how the offensive line played overall, I thought. Uh, and on top of that with all the penalties and just a tough situation having to move things around like that. I don't think Arkansas should have been in that position in the first place. We've talked about that fourth and one call at midfield. Uh, Arkansas is just not a good fourth and one team, okay? It just it doesn't work out for them. I think with, with all of you that K.J. Jefferson should have been under center. You can push the quarterback now. It just makes all the sense in the world to try to get less than a yard, or what is even a full yard, with a quarterback sneak like that. So I would have liked to have seen that. Uh, I actually would have seen liked to have seen them not go for it at midfield. The defense is playing so well, and – I mean, literally they had two drives. Like, if you go back and look at all the times that BYU scored, they had, you know, that one good 70-yard drive. That was a good drive by them. Uh, you know, there's the interception that KJ had. Uh, you know, they held him after the KJ fumble, and these are problems with the offensive line, you know, collapsing around him. Uh, but they had, you know, the, the fumble, they held him back out of the end zone on that. Uh, you know, there's, there was just a lot. The 10-yard the punt, they scored right after that. There, I think they only had like 45 yards to go on that. You know, I can't remember on the 28-yard punt if they scored. But for the most part, the defense, to me, played really well. Um, and I would take that effort for them every single game. And anybody who wouldn't, I, I would I would think you're crazy, <laughs> especially after the way the defense played last year. You know, defense, like, when I talk about the talent on this team, the overall talent, defensive line's solid. I think they've got a few linebackers, a trio of linebackers that have been really good. Now, you know, I think – and it's just me looking at it, I thought Jordan Crook lost his eyes on that running back on that trick play. That was the other way that they scored. Um, I don't know if Crook came back in after that, but he lost his eyes on him, and, you know, they do a double pass and score. That was another way that they scored. But for the most part, I thought Arkansas's defense played really, really well. You're going to give up plays here and there. And, you know, a couple of really amazing catches by – Rex, the tight end, and then I think Clark is the name of the wide receiver who made that one-handed catch in the back of the end zone. I mean, that's just impossible to defend. Kudos to, LSU, or to BYU also because, you know, I do the walk and talk and I get replies from BYU fans who are great, by the way, about, you know, I'm not watching this anymore. This is just one side. I'm not doing it for you. I'm not doing it for BYU fans. To, it's not a therapy session for you. This is Arkansas. You know, this is this is my audience is Arkansas. So, um, Apologies if you thought I should mention you. I I thought your fan base was great, by the way. Um, Everybody talks about how nice everybody was there. You know, I interacted with a few BYU fans here, and uh, I thought you guys were were really a class act as your reputation preceded you. Arkansas-Texas A&M is 11 o'clock. Did I mention that? I can't remember if I did, but that's, again, what you get. I did mention that. Coming up here, you got number 12 LSU in Death Valley. Texas A&M and Arlington at Ole Miss at Alabama. That's the stretch. And then your next home game is October 21st against Mississippi State. Just ridiculous that that's the schedule, but that's where we are right now. We've been talking about this four-game stretch for a long time, and it is upon us now. Yep. That's pretty much it there. We're going to go to – Let's go. Am I ready to go to Danny? Yep, should be about ready to go to Danny. Let me let him get a message. Sorry, I told him it would be about 15 minutes, and we got to about 10 minutes. We're going to get to your questions, too, here in a little bit. I have started the show a little bit late, and I've got to get to practice, but uh, I think we'll be okay here. So, Arkansas has got to get more dependable on the offensive line. K.J., you know, I thought Bo Lemmer, for the most part, snapped the ball well. I did notice one high snap. But, um, you know, you obviously just you got to get more reliable. If you want reliable Internet service, then you should check out Ozarks Go. If you're disappointed with your service now, are they jacking you up every month? You're looking at your bills like, wait a minute, this isn't what I was paying the first year. Ozarks Go doesn't do that kind of stuff. They just give you reliable service. I use the multi-gig Internet, which is 250 megabits per second. No, excuse me. 2,500 megabits per second. Lightning-fast internet speed. Uh, I don't, like if I'm flipping through YouTube, it's just like, (laughs) there's no pause at all. Uh, Super fast and reliable. I have never had an outage with Ozarks Go. That's my personal experience. I don't know what everybody else thinks out there, but for me, I've had just about every service provider that I can have in my area and finally landed on Ozarks Go the last time I moved about two and a half years ago and have been blown away. You can reach them at ozarksgo.net slash hog, H-A-W-G, or call them. You're going to talk to somebody local because it is a local company. 479-684-4900 for our friends at Ozarks Go. Okay, Danny, we're going to come to you now. For those of you who don't follow Danny, and I mentioned, you know, what's disappointing about this game with, you know, having recruits in town, and you know you end on the note that they ended on, and it's going to be until October, what twentieth, twenty-first, something like that, uh, until you can bring recruits back in town. And if you don't do well during this four-game stretch, then you're destined for an eleven o'clock game. For those who don't follow Danny, you can follow him at Danny West twenty-four-seven. He's the Hog Sports Recruiting Analyst and does a great job for us. Danny, how you doing, bud?
2: hanging in there making the most of it i got a couple of racks of ribs going on the smoker got monday night football so trying to shake back a little bit
1: what's the, what's the monday night game
2: uh, i think it's the browns in pittsburgh i believe
1: no yeah exciting
2: <laughs> yeah browns were in the house the other night i, I think you saw one of the scouts yeah. there i think the panthers who else was there Trey?
1: Um, up? i saw you talking to the panthers guy and mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't ever make it over there to, to all of them. But, um, yeah, I noticed there was uh, – I, I remember you saying there was uh, there was a few scouts in, in attendance.
2: Senior Bowl. Senior Bowl was there, too, representing. Is that right?
1: So, yep. Danny, let's get your thoughts real quick on the game. We were sitting next to each other in the press box. Obviously, a tremendous environment and just um, – Man, too many penalties, and just couldn't get the great, good enough play out of the offensive line. Really, I mean, that's that's to me what it comes down to. There's other things like AJ Green probably should have got more carries and stuff, but uh, you, just your thoughts yeah. overall.
2: Well, I'm pretty disappointed. You know, I I thought they'd be better, and Trey, I still think they're a lot better than what I do we've too. seen. I mean, way better. But you know, that doesn't matter. You know, we can sit here and talk about it and think about it all we want, but they lost the game. I think it's pretty shocking how poorly they've been. Um, in the uh, penalty category, not just Saturday night, but, you know, I did a, a pretty thorough study on it over the weekend. And, man, you know, here they are again. And it, just the inconsistencies in that category specifically. I mean, you look up, and here they are again. I think they're 126th in the country to start the year in penalties. And, um, you know, over the last two and a quarter seasons now, their average finish uh, in penalties – is a hundred and first. So I mean, at some point, yeah, Arkansas gets a lot of crappy calls and and a lot of things don't go their way. But at some point, man, you just you are what that number says you are. Yeah. And I, man, that's pretty shocking from this team. I just felt like you know a veteran team. Yep. Um, it would do a little better. And then, you know, you look at the opposite end of that list, and you you keep seeing the same names every year at the top, and you wonder why that is. It's because they focus on it. You know, Iowa is up there every year. They're currently number one again in the country. Why is that? Uh, Why can Iowa do that? Michigan's up there again. Uh, Your service academies, obviously, that's a good sign for the United States of America, but they're always up there. Uh, They've got discipline, but I don't know. It's just, it's reared its ugly head a few times now, and uh, I think penalties absolutely helped cost them the game Saturday night, and um, that's how you blow a a double-digit lead in in both halves. Uh, I think You know turnovers. That's one thing. Then you look at the penalties themselves. You know, I think we'd be feeling better if it was just a bunch of ticky tack, uh, pass interference or holding. You could call that stuff just about any time. You know, Mm -hmm. some of these pre-snap stuff from. um, I'm not even going to mention specific names, but some of your older guys. That's that's in that situation pretty disappointing.
1: Yeah, Danny West, joining us again. You can follow him at Danny West twenty four seven. And I'll, I'll say it, Danny, you're you're talking about Brady Latham as being an older guy, and, and Brady has caught a lot of flack, and it's disappointing to see him play poorly. But I just, you know, for me, Brady has done a lot of good things at Arkansas. He's their and, best and
2: option too. I think. He is,
1: and he just he didn't have a good game. And you know, I think part of it also being asked to go out there and step on the last drive of the game and play left tackle. You know, s- yeah. just suddenly in the middle of the drive, you know, didn't help matters, but not the best overall game by Brady Latham. And, you know, Sam was talking about the defensive line, you know, being a quality defensive line. Um, mm-hmm. Wait do we go down there and you see these dudes from LSU. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's part of the problem, ain't it? I mean, yeah. it's one thing if, if you lose a uh, – I was telling somebody, if you – like Florida, like LSU, if you lose one of those week one, week two marquee matchups, you know. Mm-hmm. yeah you feel bad about it but you're probably at a neutral site whatever but man this you know for as much as we made of the schedule and it being difficult and it is again and those first three set up pretty good for you yeah. you know or the new offense and uh got a little bit progressively harder uh, each week i thought it set up and it was just lobbed it up for a three and zero start so uh when you let one of those get away and you're still dealing with issues man that's that's the time you were supposed to fix what needs fixing, you know, Mm -hmm. and and you lost one of those. So I think it takes the wind out of your sails a little bit. But having said that, dude, I mean, just the grand scheme of things so far this year, not just in the SEC, but across college football, I think it's going to be one of those years where, I mean, uh, you see good teams beat up on each other. And um, I don't think one loss necessarily kills you this year because everybody's got something you mm-hmm. know georgia's not just perfect bama of course um uh, they probably will be by the time arkansas gets down there of course they will be but you know everybody's got something this year and uh here's arkansas with arguably the top quarterback in the conference and um i don't know man i just i i don't like taking his legs away from him i understand he's beat up um uh, but man i want to see kj run over people and and that's another disappointment man i I don't know. There's, I just struggle to find the what they're aiming for. I guess offensively, of course, that's made more difficult when you take away Rocket, you take away KJ's legs. What is the what's the identity that they're shooting for right now? Yeah,
1: well, they've got to get their issues fixed on the offensive line. I mean, that's just again, you have to hope Devon Manuel comes back for this one. You have to hope he's good. Also, two yeah. things, um, and if they have hand issues, and you know Pittman has talked about that, then. Obviously, you got to get healthy, and it's not just something like, well, they, why aren't they doing that? You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's going to take some time to get healthy if that's the issue. And hopefully, that is the issue. Hopefully, it's not more than that. But uh, we have heard Pittman talk about some technique issues, and um, I was about to say things of that nature. He also says that a lot.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yep. To be honest with you. Yep.
1: Danny, um, recruiting. I know there are a lot of visitors in town. Obviously, you'd like to win the game mm-hmm. in front of that uh, group. But uh, what's what's the latest? What's going on?
2: Man, that's a that's one of the positives we can talk about. Is a really good group. I know you got to get to Andrew. I'm sure, but uh, I'll try to make it brief. But Bradley Shaw was in attendance. Four star linebacker out of Alabama, Hoover, Alabama. Number fifty nine player in the country. The good news is Trey, you got him back for a for an unofficial visit he got in his car and drove all the way back up here after taking an official in june that's the good news bad news is he lost to byu right there in front of him so
3: mm-hmm.
2: alabama still wants him auburn wants him you know yeah that would probably be my guess in the end arkansas of course has two what i think are really good linebackers committed Wyatt simmons and uh, justin logan so i think it could be tough there but good to see bradley back on campus i'll just go through uh Uh, class real quick but Mm -hmm. Grayson Wilson your 2025 quarterback ran into him and his family always good good running into the Wilsons Uh, got to meet their brother or his brother Grant Um, Cash Archer obviously everybody knows Kane the quarterback everybody keeps up with quarterback but Cash making a name for himself I think he's still leading the state in sacks of course he's 2025 out of Greenwood we've listed him as an edge rusher I don't see that trace. He's about six foot and a half, 6'1", 225. Probably going to be playing linebacker at some point. But Cash, you know, he's got Toledo, UNLV, Louisville has offered. He's got some pretty good offers there. And then, of course, his brother Kane for the 26th class, going to be one of the, I would uh, imagine, highly rated quarterbacks in that class. He was back on campus. Jackson Cantwell in that same class, the number six overall player in the country. Offensive tackle out of Nixon, Missouri, 6'8", 300. Really, really good-looking frame down on the field Saturday. I think Oklahoma is going to be tough to beat. Tennessee's going to be up there. And, of course, Alabama. He could go just about anywhere. But he's been here a couple of times now, and that's a good thing. And then I'll wrap you up with another 2026 notable out of Greenwood, 6'3", 280. Cody Taylor was back on campus. He's got some pretty good offers as well. Ole Miss, Kentucky memphis uh, toledo's on there for him too so um yeah uh, he's still waiting on that arkansas offer but man uh, i'm getting ready to publish a story on cody and some of these quotes just make me feel like he's really really wanting that arkansas offer so we'll see what happens but it was a pretty good group and like you said i thought it set up very very nicely for arkansas it was a great opportunity one of very few that they get this year so it's just a bummer to see them lose but Trey, I'll say it again. I think they're a lot better than what we've seen, mm-hmm. and I'm very curious. I'm, I'm not saying you got to go down and, and make up for it with a win at LSU, but man, I think we're going to learn a lot about them in the first half.
1: Yep. All right, Danny. Appreciate you, brother.
2: You got it, man. All right, everybody.
1: That's Danny West again. You can follow him at Danny West twenty four seven. He's the Hog Sports Recruiting Analyst, and just does a great job for us. So, he Danny's got some points there. I mean. What does the saying go? It's usually not as good or as bad as you think it is, and I'm right there with everybody. I'm, you know, mad, disappointed. I, I think it's probably a little premature to start. Like, what's Sam Pittman's buyout? I think it's 15 million, but it, you know, I've seen those kind of posts out there and stuff, and yeah, everybody should be upset. Like, you you don't get a lot of opportunities. It's it's amazing, you know, when you consider this football team has been working for eight months. Okay. Fans, media, we've been like, man, this is taking forever, this offseason. the season to get here. Been waiting months for it, and it finally gets here. And guess what, guys? It's a quarter of the way over. It's a quarter. The season is in the books a quarter of the way. You don't get a lot of football. You just don't. And so it's disappointing when you start off with, you know, it looks like, as Danny said, three games in the books right there that you should have wins with uh, heading into this tough stretch. But – I've seen people like, I'm done with this team. I'm not watching any more football and all this stuff. Those are emotional decisions, you know. You're married to Arkansas football in a way that you're not married to anything. Like, people get – not for everybody, but some people, okay, relationships end. Um, People get divorced and stuff, but, like, you can't give up your team. You just can't. And as as bad as they hurt you and as toxic as your relationship is with them sometimes – I've never seen it. I've never seen it one time where somebody successfully just dropped Arkansas or dropped whatever team they grew up cheering for that their dad or their granddad took them to games as a child. You just can't divorce it. You can't divorce the Hawks. You can want change. You can be disappointed. You can be furious. Like I said, it's not a healthy relationship a lot of times, but you can't drop them. Why is that? You can do it with just about everything else. Everything, relationships, your favorite TV show. Sometimes food doesn't taste the same anymore. You you don't eat it. You don't like it as much. Your favorite restaurant, but when it comes to your team, I almost feel like athletic departments exploit that because they know it. <laughs> but Danny's right. You know, it's not. You're not always as bad. It's not always as bad as things seem, and you know, look at Florida. Florida, train wreck, disaster. They just beat Tennessee. Nobody thought that was going to happen. So it's easy to get down, and I'm right there with you. I'm I'm disappointed right now. My thoughts and expectations for this team has not measured up so far. Uh, I still believe in what I said about this roster. I think they have the most talented roster that they've had under Sam Pittman. They've got to get this offensive line fixed, guys. That they're not going to be able to capitalize on the team that they have and the situation that they have if the offensive line didn't get better. That's what it comes down to. We talked to Sam Pittman earlier today. Before we get to Andrew Ellis, I'm going to bring him up real quick. Uh, Just a few of his topics. This is about a uh, three-minute cut-up from Sam Pittman's press conference today. Um, Sorry for the quality.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue.
1: For some reason, it just didn't come off very well.
4: It's hard to win any game when you have 14 penalties. Um, obviously, I don't know if I'm going to get fine. I, I obviously didn't agree with all the calls and all that kind of stuff. Uh, uh, several of it. But, um, uh, hence, uh, the problem you can't have – we had we had too many missed assignments and we had uh, too many penalties to beat a good football team. And uh, – uh, we gotta figure out how to how to get the penalty situation. You're gonna have some missed assignments in a game. Uh I thought we had more than what we should have. Uh, but it's it's the penalties that are, you know, killing drives and, and keeping drives alive and things of that nature that we just have to get we have to get corrected. We played to answer your question, we played extremely hard. Uh the crowd was Unbelievable. But in a nutshell, if we just took half the penalties away, I think we would have won the game. You know, the offensive line just has to play more consistent because there are times I mean on AJ's run, nobody touched him. You know what I mean? Um, uh, we just had to be more consistent. Um, you know, we probably need to move the pocket a little bit more. Um, we can't just stand back there and, and let people Blitzathon or bullus. Um, obviously, we we started chipping and things of that nature. Um, but when you do that, you have to because of the, the bull we were getting. They were pretty good, I thought defensive defensive end lines. Um, but I don't know that there's a lot more than what we're doing. Um, believe me, we're we're trying everything uh, that we can to try to you know get the best guys out there. And, that are going to play the best and uh you know we've been banged up and those things but a lot of people get banged up we just you know we had to play better We had to play more consistent yeah there's some things that um you have to control I and mean, one of them is the I and mean, we have to get ready for the nerves, and, and we have to play clean you know we have to cut our penalties and our ma's back Uh but the noise is the biggest thing going out there. Uh, and then you have to celebrate the community, the people. You have to embrace them, uh, which we did last time we were out there. You know, us in LSU, we played them uh, three times, and there's three points between the last three games. We lost by three, won by three, lost by three. And... Uh, We'll be ready to play. I know they will be too, but um, losing wasn't a wake-up call for us. I mean, that's not – we would have learned if we would have won from too many penalties and all that kind of stuff. But it is LSU and it's SEC play. I'm sure they'll be ready, but we'll, we'll have a good game plan. But it is a special place to go, especially at night, and it's a hard place to win at night especially.
1: All right, everybody, we're going to go to Andrew Ellis now. Andrew Ellis is fantastic. He's the main beat writer here for us, uh, covering everything Razorback football, basketball, baseball. Andrew, how you doing, brother?
3: I'm doing great, Trey. How are you doing on this fine or afternoon? Man,
1: I'm just walking on air. I mean, it just feels great today to be <laughs> to be covering Arkansas sports. So, uh, Andrew, we'll just jump into it real quick. By the way, for those of you who haven't followed Andrew, you can follow him at Andrew Ellis twenty four seven on Twitter or X as we're calling it now. Uh Andrew, your thoughts on the game, just your how you're feeling right now about the team and uh what you're expecting this week. Let's just let's just do the trifecta.
3: Well, Trey, this team isn't very good, is it, huh? Um, I'll tell you Trey, when someone tells you who they are, sometimes you just got to believe them. I don't know which old person I should credit with that quote. I've just heard it a lot growing up. But uh, you know, th- this 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 offensive line in particular told us who they were last week. They told us who they were week 1. Mm-hmm. And this was the worst performance yet, I would say. And I mean, it's just at some point you just don't have a good offensive line. And you know, at some point when you're saying, "Oh, we're 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 doing okay on offense. We just got to get this guy going. We got to get this guy going. and We got to get this guy going." We gotta get this guy going at some point, you're just not a very good offense, you know? And I really, just when I think back to the way that this team finished last season, there's a lot of those same areas of concern that are seeping into this year. And so it's just, at some point, this team just kind of is what it is. And obviously, it's early in the season. I'm not saying the season's over or like this is the beginning of the end or anything like that. But I will admit that this doesn't feel like the beginning of a fairy tale story here. Um, And so I'm, I'm struggling to find any reason why I would expect this Arkansas team to have some great turnaround here in the next few games. I feel like, you know, the, the on-field product is what is, is what it is. And it's been extremely concerning to this point, but uh, you know, listening to the press conferences are are just a little, you just shake your head at some of it. You're kind of wondering, and look, I I like Sam Pittman and I want Sam Pittman to succeed. I don't even have a problem saying that publicly, but I just feel like we're, we're hearing a lot of the same things of, Oh, we just couldn't, we just couldn't get up for this one because of this. And, we couldn't get up for this game because KJ's banged up and, oh, you know, it is what it is. But it's like, if it's 6.30 at night and you're in front of a packed house and it's week three and you haven't, you know, it's not like you've had a grueling season at this point. I just don't understand how you don't show up for that game. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't understand how that, you know, there's any way you can spend that, especially coming off of a performance where you had your home opener and you laid an egg in that one too. And so it's like, if, if you've played two FBS teams and you've stunk against both of them, and you keep having these same issues arise, at some point are you just not a good football team?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a strong opinion, and you're not wrong on any of that stuff, Andrew. Um, you're right. I mean, like, we all we heard all week was how great practice was, how the vibe was different and, and all this stuff, and then you get to the game, and, you know, it's it's a penalty fest and um, just very inconsistent play and some some head-scratching stuff, too, like, I mean, like, like just some of the choices that you see made. Like AJ Green's rolling, right? I mean, he's got like sixty-three yards or something on his first three carries, and then you know the whole rest of the game. Like, has, what did he? What did he finish with? Like eight or nine carries, something like that. Total. Yeah, I think it was nine carries, for eighty-six like, yards. So he's obviously running the ball the best out of any of the backs. And why isn't he getting more carries? You know, why isn't Isaiah Sataenia out there? Uh You know. It, you know you have issues, you know, with the offensive line in their, in their hands and stuff, you know, maybe a quick a quicker passing game. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of things that you can scratch your head with. I, I still think that they haven't totally gotten comfortable with Dan Enos uh, as offensive coordinator.
3: No, yeah, I agree. And I think Sam Pittman actually said it best earlier today when he said just things aren't very easy for them on offense. Yeah. And that's a great way to put it. And I think that's a good sign of you know, if there's things going on against this lower competition, and I'm not saying BYU's lower competition, they're a step up from what they saw in week one and week two. But things didn't look particularly easy against Kent State and Western yeah. Carolina. They did look easy for the most part. But even then, in the run game, it wasn't yeah. wasn't like there were just gaping holes here and there. So it's like I think that's that's a huge red flag that I think I may have just overlooked more than you know. I, I don't know what it was, but I think I was willing to kind of chalk it up to you know younger pieces on the O line and the same kind of reasons, mm. the same excuses that. He gives after the game. I was kind of giving those after the first few games. I was like, oh, you know, it'll be they'll kind of find their group, but I don't know. I just feel like the competition is gonna to get tougher. And so I'm um, it's it's hard for me to believe that things are gonna turn around in a huge way, specifically with the O line. And like, you know, when I look around this team, there's so many pieces that are encouraging to me. I mean, I like I like the receivers. I like Andrew Armstrong. I feel like he's a guy that you can really count on to slot catches everything. Luke has is another one of those guys that I don't think he's getting talked about in the AJ Green Satania light, but they've targeted him 10 times this season. Mm-hmm. And I know it's three games and it's early, but it's like he's caught nine of those and they're, you're averaging like 13 a pop every time you target him. I don't understand how he has the same amount of targets as Jaden Wilson. Um, and I don't understand Good how Jaden Wilson has more than double the snaps of Satania. You know, Tyrone Brode is, weirdly enough, I looked it up today, he's played 91 snaps through three games. Um, so it's like more than I thought. Mm-hmm. But they're still struggling to get some of these guys going. And I think at some point you just kind of have to figure out what works for you as an offense, and you got to ride that. And one thing that I keep coming back to before I nail it in on this team completely and, you know, declare them dead after three games, you remember that 2015 season started very similarly, where it was like there just was something missing offensively, and it didn't really make sense. And the, that offensive line was actually an older group that was better, and they ended up finishing the year so strong, but it kind of took them a while to find out what their go-to stuff was going to be whether that's scheme whether that's players going to you know they really unlocked drew morgan in the passing game and so i think there's still plenty of time for some of those adjustments to be made especially when you're talking about a team that has new coordinators on both sides of the ball just the problem with it is i just feel like this was a golden opportunity where this the sec west feels like it's super wide open you look around the league there's tons of teams struggling it felt like there was a opportunity here for arkansas to kind of steal some of that flash and kind of take their next step and obviously this doesn't affect conference play but just dropping one the way they did it just really left a bad taste in my mouth and I I, you know I'm I'm just gonna at this point I'm gonna have to just see them take those steps of progression before I can really get back on board with anything involving this team
1: (laughs) strong stuff from Andrew Ellis y'all all All right Andrew so uh going down to Baton Rouge on Saturday and uh Arkansas is going to shock the world you think (laughs)
3: <laughs> well you know it's funny Trey. Is like I'm still not that convinced LSU's that good even though they mm-hmm. just hammered Mississippi State you know like I think I saw a lot of issues with LSU in week one that it seems like they got some of those fixed but when I look at LSU I don't see the type of LSU team that they've that we've seen in the past where they just have overwhelming talent at every position and everything it's it doesn't feel like that to me so I feel like you know when I was looking at this four game stretch coming, I feel like the LSU games as winnable as any of them I really do just because I think that Offensively, there's a little bit of a ceiling to what LSU does because it's not like they're uh You know, Jane Daniels had a great game last week, but it's not like he's some savant through the air mm-hmm. that's going to pick apart this Arkansas secondary. So, but with the way the Arkansas defense has been playing, I think there's some optimism that they could make this matchup closer. But it's it's a lot harder now after uh, after that week three performance. But mm-hmm. I do think there's it's it's not as bad of a matchup as people seem to think.
1: I mean, if LSU comes out and do, does what they did against Mississippi State, that would be like. I mean, that's putting together back-to-back games very – like, is Jaden Daniels going to come out 12-12 again? You know, is Neighbors going to have 200 yards receiving in the first half again? You know, probably not. You're probably not going to get uh, quite that. But who knows what else, what else happens with LSU. They certainly have a lot of talent. And as we talked about, you know, if you thought BYU's defensive line was good, just wait until you see these dudes from Baton Rouge. All right, Andrew, anything else you want to add? Uh, well, let me ask you this. It's 18 and a hook. What are you thinking early right now? For the early batters that,
3: oh the, on the spread well you know i was gonna say the one thing i've learned as a gambler uh, is if one team performs really well one week and they cover the spread and they face a team the next week who had the opposite which is the exact situation we've got here lsu covered by like 30 points in their game and arkansas obviously dropped the ball in theirs historically speaking those things usually flip at a pretty high rate mm-hmm. now that uh, the spread's 18 so that's not me saying arkansas is about to come out of here and beat lsu but i do kind of feel like that number is very high especially for the reasons we just talked about like it's not like LSU is this high-powered offense that is going to put up 50 points a game you know like Jaden Daniels had a career day last week but I agree that there's probably some regression to the mean coming for their passing game and LSU really doesn't run the ball that well so I don't I don't especially outside of Jaden Daniels so I don't see them you know just beating Arkansas up and pounding them for four quarters I think it's probably going to end up being a little bit more of an ugly low-scoring game but I think Arkansas that eighteen seems like a lot of points, but but who knows? Uh, Arkansas is gonna have to. They got to show me.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. And yeah, I mean, no matter what we saw with this team on offense, Arkansas's defense. I mean, I think they're pretty solid, and I think they're a lot better than what Mississippi State has.
3: Oh, I agree with that one hundred percent. I definitely think that uh, you know Arkansas had a lot of success in this matchup. It was a completely different defense, but our LSU was one of the few games they really had some success. So I think there's there's a formula there, and I think I think Arkansas is gonna. If, if they can't get up for this one, then it's like, all right, they're just – you can't yep. get up for any – you can't get up for a night game in Baton Rouge against a big-time opponent, then, you know, what are you doing? But I, I do think we'll see a little bit of fight from this team, and I kind of like them to cover the spread, but I, I think that's about where it stops for me.
1: All right. All right, Andrew. Appreciate your strong stuff, man.
3: Absolutely. Thank you very much.
1: All right, everybody. That's Andrew Ellis bringing it. If you can follow Andrew, if you haven't done so already – Andrew Ellis 24-7 on Twitter is the handle. Go check out my buddy, Andrew Ellis, does a great job for us over at hogsports.com. Again, that's H-A-W-G sports.com, delivering tremendous coverage. And if you want tremendous internet coverage, Ozarks Go is the place for you. You can reach our friends over at Ozarks Go at ozarksgo.net slash HAWG, or you can call them at 479 684 4900. They offer several tiers of internet, everything from multi gig, which I recently had uh, added to my house, had two nice gentlemen come over and install it. And it has been lightning quick. Before that, I had gigabit service, which was also fantastic. And I think it's going to be uh, the answer for a lot of people out there. Multi-gig, if you've got everybody using, you got a big household, you're never going to have bandwidth issues or anything like that. Nobody's ever going to go, hey, dad, hey, mom, why is my internet not working? You're going to go upstairs and you're going to unplug and replug the modem router and just say, I don't know, let me call them. You're not going to have that issue with Ozarks Go. You're just going to have great internet service it's going to work if you're using streaming for your television service if you're using you know your tv or your um your computer your phone all that stuff your Alexas or your whatever else you're using around the house you're going to have great service with our friends at ozarks go several tiers uh they also offer stuff below the gigabit too but uh, that gigabit is going to work well for most people. And if you're a real high user, uh, then the multi, multi-gig is fantastic. Go check them out. 479 684 as Ozarks go. I said I was going to get to questions. I'm running a little tight on time. I'm going to just look over things, see if we've got anything that jumps out. Garrett Barnes says, I like a wounded hog in Baton Rouge Saturday night. It makes us more dangerous than ever. By the way, Go check out that video. You can look it up on YouTube. Just look up like Saturday night in Death Valley and uh and you'll see it. It is a fantastic and I don't know how long they've been doing it for a long time, but I just think it's um I just think it's they do it better than anybody else in college football. Arkansas does a lot of great things, uh, but this intro is just it's just next level. The chance of rain is never. Are you kidding me? I don't know if I, I don't know if it ever has rained. I think he's right. I feel like every time I've been there for a night game in Death Valley, it hasn't rained. Mike Spence says Coach Pitt has fired position coaches for not recruiting three years with Kennedy as OL coach. He has not recruited or coached up. What does he have on Coach Pitt? Why is he married to Sika? Well, I mean, the offensive line is the easy target right now, isn't it? And um, and that's Cody Kennedy's responsibility. He's got to get it shored up, or you're you're right, you know, Pittman has made changes before. Um, but you're absolutely right. You're not you're not wrong in in that that he would make changes if he's not pleased with the recruiting or the position coach. Jody Garcia says, Trey, I watched the postgame press conference and Sam Pittman seemed upset when he was asked why they didn't run a QB sneak with KJ. Why do you why do you think he didn't answer the question? I don't know if he totally understood it because Bob asked a question about fourth and one. I came right back, you know, I wanted a different answer and asked the same question basically about fourth and one and the momentum of it and stuff. I still think they should have punted it and leaned on the defense to to make plays. Defense was playing great at that time. And um, and then right after that, I think uh, Andrew Hutchinson asked just about why maybe not putting K.J. under center, which is what a lot of fans were asking. And I think, you know, Pittman just kept getting that question three times in a row and was out on it. Brody McCrary says, I've got a hog tat on my calf. Exactly. You can't divorce the hogs. Jerome McCullum says, Trey, it seems like the same things over and over. Too many penalties, lack of situational awareness, special teams, et cetera, mediocre at best under Pittman. I mean, you know, I've talked about Max Fletcher. Like special from a special team standpoint, don't really have a problem with, with what went on. Obviously, you love for Cam Little to make that kick. Cam Little's made a lot of great kicks. We we can't expect perfection, right? But the punting with Fletcher, I just, it baffled me. And I talked about this before when that guy, most of, most of his kicks were great and I can understand one out of what's the number 25 times where you shank one like that. Maybe that's it, but it seems like it's one out of five or one out of four. You know, that's just, it's just too much. And last year it was a higher number. So When the guy kicks, like, there's not – I can't remember many punters. And I'm sitting in the press box, you know, it's – and I can see the punts, like, even in warm-up stuff and in-game, going higher than I can see, which nobody else is doing that. And I can't remember punters doing that in recent history. The guy's got a huge leg. He has improved and he has become more consistent. He's made some nice punts for Arkansas this year. But a 10- and a 28-yard punt, you just – that's completely unacceptable. If you've got somebody else who's – consistent at punter and maybe doesn't give you the opportunity to you know boom 155 yards like he can do or better you got to go with consistency it's unfortunate but you can't keep having this Fletcher cannot keep doing this and if he does it again then I think you got to talk about making a change there Logan Ray says new week clean slate 0-0 start in SEC play let's go Jamie Roberts says, never divorcing the Hogs. There's only one Razorback, says James Hill. Evan Baker says, the people calling for fires are just trying to spend other people's money also. There are two Monday night games, Saints-Panthers-Browns-Sealers. Oh, yeah. So, you're right. I mean, it's there. people are going to be hurt. Like, it's like, you know, it's like you find out somebody, you know, I keep talking about relationships, but you find out somebody betrayed you. You know, and that's kind of what it feels like. It kind of feels like you get betrayed. I feel like that. You know, I'm out here talking about, you know, I predicted them to win eight games this season. You know, it's the most talented roster that they've had under Pittman. I still believe that. And I'm not closing the door on them, but when you're in it, a loss, and that's what – guys, that's what we signed up for. When you got in this relationship with Arkansas, you're getting exactly what you signed up for. This is football. OK, it's emotional highs and lows. One moment you're cheering like it's always going to be like this. And 40 seconds later, you're getting your guts ripped out. That's football. That's what you signed up for. And your your reward, if you come out on top at the end of the week, is six more days of good vibes. Six days you enjoy listening to the radio. You enjoy sitting around the water cooler talking to your buddies about or your coworkers in that case about the hogs. That's the reward. You lose, and it's time to fire everybody, tear it down, and rebuild. You win, especially against a team you're not supposed to beat. SEC championship game's not that far fetched. That's the emotion. That's what football is it's highs and lows. That's why we love it. That's one reason we can't get enough of it. Where else can you get that kind of emotion? And especially when they can't yell back at you. (laughs) That's part of it, isn't it? All right, everybody. Yeah, Andrew did come in hot today. (laughs) Andrew, man, Andrew's been with us for, I can't even remember, two and a half years, something like that. And, man, he just gets better and better at what he does. Trying to figure out more ways to get Andrew out to you guys. I mean, as you can see, he does a great job when he's on here on this show and exploring exploring different ideas of what we could do to, to get Andrew in front of more people. Andrew's got like, let me tell you how many Twitter followers this dude has. I know all y'all are watching this, and I want you to take a minute, and I always ask for you to follow Hog Sports and all this stuff, but Andrew, who does just, I mean, a great job, 2,946 Twitter followers. That's not enough. For a guy that puts out the content that he does and has the takes that he does, the knowledge, that's just that's just not enough. 2,946 Twitter followers, are you kidding me? Get on Andrew Ellis 24-7 and follow him on Twitter. Let's see how high we can get it just on that promotion. 2,946 right now, that's the number. Okay, I'm copying it and saving it. Don't worry, I'm not going to say, hey, go uh, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcast. I'm not saying any of that stuff. Now's the time you go follow Andrew Ellis. Here it is, I'm going to put it up here for you. Because Andrew does not get enough love and does a great job for us. At Andrew Ellis 24-7. He doesn't look like that anymore. He's got longer hair and a mustache. I need to update his photo. He's got a good look going on right now. All right, everybody. I want to thank you for joining me. Tough stuff today with um, just talking about where the hogs are. It's obviously been... A disappointing game, and uh, you needed to win this one heading into a really tough four-game stretch. But you know what? The script doesn't always play out like we think it is in our head. You know, maybe there's a different path to Arkansas getting eight wins. I don't know if I feel 100% confident in that right now. But I also picked him to win one game during this four. Oops, excuse me. During this four-game stretch, that came out of nowhere. I think I got the hiccups. Um, so I'm going to wrap it up but uh, before I hiccup again. But I want to thank you for joining me. I appreciate Danny West for hopping on. Of course, Andrew Ellis as well, who we just talked about. And thank you to all of you guys for consuming this content. And we'll be back with you guys on Thursday. We'll be back with you guys on Thursday for uh, the primer. And then I'm off to Baton Rouge on Friday. All right, everybody, thanks for joining me. This has been Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com. And we'll catch you next time.